Hobbs, Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday as we get set to start our Super Bowl week. It's Miller and Condon with you right up until 1 o'clock. Glad you're with us and appreciate uh, you giving us some of your time here this morning. The BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. Uh, we will start at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk Hawks with our friend Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, look forward to catching up with Doc. Apparently, Tim Lester will meet with the media tomorrow for the first time, so the introduction Production uh, about uh, 24, 26 hours away uh, before the uh, press and the, uh, well, Hawkeye fans uh, get the first opportunity to hear from their new OC. But Scott Dockerman at the bottom of the hour. Uh, starting off hour number two, Alec Bussey, who covers Iowa State for 24-7 sports, CycloneAlert.com. Cyclone stayed in Texas uh, after their game in Waco on Saturday. They went to Austin, apparently a charter took their plane to Austin yesterday in advance of tomorrow night game Longhorn Network has that one so be prepared well in advance to try and find Longhorn Network if you are a DirecTV subscriber whoever your television provider is uh, but that's uh, tomorrow and Alec Bussey joins us today to preview that and recap uh, the uh, the weekend and then uh, at uh, 1230 we're going to talk college basketball for with on a from a national perspective CJ Moore who covers college basketball for the athletic I uh, look forward to catching up with him kind of doing a national look around at college basketball by the way I did read the piece on uh, Josh shirts that you alerted me yeah. to that's a really good read I'm, I'm glad you found it and uh, had to mention it a couple of times before I remember but got to it over the weekend uh, watching uh, the uh, Drake Indiana State game one of God, I watched more college basketball this weekend. I truly did. I was just in heaven. It was so much fun. Didn't watch a minute of the Pro Bowl. Didn't no. watch a minute of the all, the NHL All Star Game. Not a second of the Grammys. It was college basketball for me, and I'm glad that I was there and started on Friday night with the Hawks, putting one in the win column over what is a really bad. That's a bad Ohio. That's State a team. bad Ohio State team, aren't they? But you know what? A win's a win. They'll take it and they move on and they need it. Need to keep piling them up. Yep. It's a long ways to go. But yes, got, got one started in the win column. I uh, took a peek and was hoping that we were going to see the numbers. They're not out yet from Sports Media Watch on what the ratings were oh, on Saturday wait. night. Yeah, I said the same thing to Sean Roberts like two minutes before you got in. Yeah. That maybe we'll get them during our show today. Um, it was a good game. It was. Yep. It was a sold out building. Not that that matters, but it was loud and. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see it, Trent, because it was a heavy college basketball night, and that was on Big Fox. And what was it up against on uh, network TV? I mean, are they oh. sitcoms? I mean, I don't know. Right. I can't think of anything. Was there in NASCAR or anything going on? I don't the, know. I think the NASCAR event actually got moved up to Saturday night, so that would Oh, because been it was in L.A., right? It was yeah. at the Coliseum. Right. Yeah, that's... Uh, what, doesn't Fox televise that? I don't know. I right. Don't know. Did it go to FS1? Did it go to Maybe. FS2? Did it... Go to Speed Network, is that a thing? I I have. Jeez. Yeah. Taylor Swift had some struggles getting into the Grammys last night. Is that right? She was a late arriver as uh, uh, Trevor Noah was doing his opening monologue. Yeah. She comes waltzing in. <laughs> well, she's Taylor Swift after yeah, all. She can pull that off. She can. Yeah. Indeed she can. So uh let's let's go back and let's kind of start on Friday and okay. get to the here and now and uh we'll get to Iowa State. I you know what? You're the only one. Um you're the one, Trent Condon. That no, this is a scary start to a sentence. <laughs> yeah. That likes the actual camera angle, Waco. I 
I'm baffled. So we were out with some friends. Uh, my parents were in town, so we had babysitter on Saturday night. That was fun. And so went we out at to, a bar? Yeah, yeah. Went out to dinner and then uh, went and watched a little live music for a while. And fun night. And watching the games. And talking to a couple of my buddies. I, I know I'm alone on an island because I know most everybody hates it. Yeah. Not only do I not dislike the camera angle at Baylor like it seems like everybody does, mm-hmm. I think I like it more. Really? I, there's something what, about what about it? It's watching the play unfold. Yes, it, it's being uh-huh. able to see that far side of the court uh-huh. a whole lot better. Being able to see kind of cuts from that side of the floor, which is why I like watching hockey from way above. And that for makes that sense. very reason for that sport, which uh-huh. is a difficult product on TV compared to in person. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And there's just something about watching it from that angle. It also reminds me of an old video game, an NBA Live game from, I don't know, probably 25 years ago that I used to play that had that kind of angle. Maybe that was a reason for it, too. But, yeah, I know I'm alone on an island. I'm not going to sit here and say, you guys are all wrong. This is great. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it, it doesn't bother me. I kind of liked it. It's a lot better than the Oklahoma State angle. Okay. It almost feels like it's coming from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. That well, one's yeah, bad. Yeah, that is bad. That one's bad. Uh-huh. This one is not as bad, at least for me, than a lot of people. But you said it made your head hurt? I, it, I had trouble watching and following the game. Yeah. I did. Like, who's got the ball? Um, I just, I just, I couldn't, I don't know. It, it's, it, maybe it's just because we're used to, you know, a different angle normally. Well, one standard angle, yeah. basically. And then they would cut down to a lower shot. It's like, stay there. Right. Yeah. That's, you're fine. Don't, don't, don't switch cameras. But I, I just found it difficult to follow the game. But, um... Look, whether you're watching it from the above angle or the angle that they show periodically, what they showed a lot of was Iowa State missing free throws, uh-huh. with one exception. I mean, they, they, had, they went on that 20-0 run, A, with the benefit of a bunch of you know, boneheaded decisions. Scott Drew, you're not allowed to go on the floor, Scott. And especially to the three-point line, which your toes were touching. Now, do you see it called a lot? No. no. But he, was, he pushed the envelope. But that aside... Um, the run that Iowa State went on, they were hitting their free throws. And that was the only time that in the game. That was the only time in the game. Fast forward to, um, no, it was earlier in the night. Drake, yes. make a free throw. Yeah, they, they were even worse. They were terrible yeah. uh, in the game. But let's do what we planned on doing and starting with Friday night. All let's right. go to uh, Iowa uh, as they talk, took on Ohio State. They needed the win in the worst way. I mm-hmm. thought for a while, oh my God, they're going to blow this game. Yeah, But you know what? I, you know who wouldn't let them lose the game? Well, a couple guys. Tony Perkins, but that's every night. Josh Dix mm-hmm. might have had his coming out party, Trent. That was my takeaway from that game. Uh, that this was the best I've seen. His confidence was there. The minutes were there. The shot making was there. He did a whole lot of things really, really well. And as um, they said on the telecast when they spoke to McCaffrey earlier in the uh, leading up to the game before, um, the difference between Josh Dix last year mm-hmm. and this year, I mean, it's not even close, but we get it, right? I mean, the guy was coming off a severe injury, getting ready for his freshman campaign. Boy, he was good. There were a lot of people who didn't think he was even going to play a year ago. I mean, that injury that he had, that broken leg, was gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It was gruesome. Yes. And on top of it, just the physical toll that it took. And you saw... He was definitely, when he was playing, kind of picking his spots. You could see, but there was something there. Mm-hmm. And this year, same kind of thing, still working his way back into, I guess, complete confidence in that leg and everything else. He's a dude, though. Yes. And we've said it now for weeks. He needs to be more aggressive. We know Perkins now, basically every single night's going to bring it. Yep. And if Sanford's hitting his shot, he's a good Big Ten player. Yep. Freeman needs to stay out of foul trouble. Yeah. Cricky is in a rut right now. Yeah, but that's for sure. 
you think he'll be able to play himself out of it. But if Josh Dix can play at this level Mm -hmm. and do it at a consistent level, they have something here. They have a team that maybe can get on a little bit of a run, but he has to do it. And he has to do it every single time. And that's the one knock that's been against him right now. There are times that the disappearing act happens and they can't afford it. He's a good defender. Mm -hmm. Would you say he's their best on-ball defender? Uh, the bar's not set real high. Somebody <laughs> has to be that guy. Okay, right. yeah. all right. Yeah, it's you're right. It's it's not exactly we're talking about glowing terms here. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking of that, I, I wanted to bring up the efficiency numbers, which don't paint the full picture, but I think give us a little bit of an idea. It's ugly. What do you look at? It. So defensive rating, hundreds average. Uh, there's one guy that is above average this year. That is Owen Freeman. He's a ninety nine point eight. Mm. Uh, and as you get higher, your rating is worse. That means you're giving up more than oh a point per possession. Uh, next on that list, as we get into at least regulars, Lajay Dembale. Who was good again on Saturday. His offensive game still needs work. Yeah, a lot of work. But he's not, he's not scared either. He's nope. not you know, a guy that just uh, get rid of the ball as soon as mm-hmm. he touches it. That mm-hmm. confidence is okay. Yep. And it'll get there. Mm-hmm. I think you're confident with that. Next is Tony Perkins on the list. Uh, here's the surprise. Brock Harding. Is next on this list. That's a shock. Defensively, that he is what the fourth of the regulars' best uh-huh. defender, at least by this. Did metric. you see Brock Harding had two minutes on on Friday night? Two minutes yeah. and Bowen five. Uh, Bowen five. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're going with Dix. They're going with Dix. You go deeper. Sanford McCaffrey Cricky is down towards the bottom. Josh Dix and Desante Bowen hmm. are your bottom two, which doesn't exactly measure the eye test on that one. Just one way to look at it, because he feel he feels like a better defender. Yeah, yeah. But regardless of that, him offensively, that's what he needs to continue to do. Do those kind of things. What's wrong with Cricky? Is I don't he banged know. up? He's certainly a different player than we've seen, because he's had, he's had some big moments in, in his yes. Hawkeye uniform. You know, you're, you're you're wishing to kind of out loud, boy, it's too bad he doesn't have another year. Mm-hmm. Now it's a, you know, um, as you said. Hopefully he can work himself out of it because there's there's clearly more there. Yeah, there there's more, and we've seen more there. Uh, but between Freeman and Cricky, they need more out of that spot, no doubt about it. Hey, credit where credit's due. Patrick McCaffrey stepping up and hitting those free yeah. throws. Well done, Patrick McCaffrey. And that was definitely a feel good moment. Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? Um, because when he stepped up for those first, can ones, I stop you one more time? Yeah. before because I, I don't forget this. Yeah, you know what else was was real good on Friday? The attendance. Better than we saw against Maryland. Way better than you and I thought we were going to see. <laughs> yeah, and there was only it was only announced at just under ten thousand. I so, was surprised. I thought there was more than that. Most everybody probably was there. Yeah, of that ten thousand. <laughs> used yeah. their t- Okay, actually using their tickets yeah, as yeah. opposed to. I'm sorry. Finish your thought. Well, where was I going? I don't know. <laughs> I should, <laughs> Patrick McCaffrey. Sometimes. Oh, Pat. Yeah, as he's stepping up there. Oh boy. Yeah, I, I'm sure you had the same thought. Yeah, I did, and I'm sure most everybody watching yeah, had it was the same a big, thought. It was a big spot. And you follow Iowa basketball. Oh boy. Yeah, and he was calm. He stepped up there, knocked him down, and in a year that's been incredibly trying for him. In mm-hmm. going back the last calendar year, yeah. uh, going back to the pause that he had a season ago, everything that he has dealt with, there has been so few of those kind of moments for him, and to be able to do that now, the following situation by Fran that was weird, right? It's one thing up three to foul with like five seconds yeah, left. Yeah, when he, when he did it on the clock, you mean? He, with 15 yeah, seconds to start that? I agree. I that, agree. That was incredible. Yeah, run, run a little bit more time. Yeah. And, and maybe maybe he didn't want it that, and they, 
Right. Uh, who who was who committed the foul? I don't remember. Now I can't remember offhand. But who it, was. It, was, it's, it was absolutely two. Or and then they're right. kind of locked into doing that. Right. After that, because there was two more possessions. The last one where they almost got the offensive rebound, and as that ball was skittering loose in towards oh. the corner, I'm like, oh, they're going to heave in a three yeah, at the horn. I know. And it's going to be game over. I know how this ends. Yes, <laughs> we've seen this one happen before too. But they got it. They uh, were able to at least keep that ball kind of jarred out of there and stay alive at least for another week. Thursday, Penn State. Nittany Lions are playing well. They are. They are. But who did, who did they hammer this week? They, oh, Indiana. Yes. Oh, that's a bad Indiana team. <laughs> All right. Let's, so let's go. So 5 o'clock comes before 7 o'clock. Let's right. do the Valley game. Indiana State. We're going to breeze past you and I getting blown out at home yeah, by Murray I mean, State. What, what On alumni say? day where all the former players and are in attendance. if CBS Sports Network had yes. the game. It's not like nobody saw this thing. It was available. That was hideous. What was, what's going on there? I have no idea. Because I thought they, I didn't think that they. They'd figured it out. Right, that they're not going to ascend to the top Mm -hmm. of the valley, but I thought, yeah, this is a team that might make some noise. This is a team right now that's got to avoid playing night. They get run out by Drake, hung around, had what, lead at the half or close game at the half? Yeah, it was close. And they, they get, led in the second half, yeah, and then yeah. seemingly ran out of steam without Bourne Bourne. Then they go to did they go to Nashville after that? Bradley, Bradley, that's what it was. I knew it was a B, and they were down but, right yep, away in that game. Yep. Never got into it, and same thing here. Now you got to figure it out this week. I I don't know this team. I thought there was going to be so much more to them. Mm-hmm. They've been a big disappointment. Yep. I think that's fair to say yep. with you and I at this point. All right, we'll breeze past the Panthers now. Uh, and let's go to what was a really important game, Indiana State and Drake. And Look, um, DeVries going out early in the basketball game. There had been some talk that he might not be able to nowhere be near 100% because of his shoulder that popped up uh, in the game earlier in the week. But he got back on the floor. He was good. I thought Brody was good. I thought Connor Enright. Boy, he's a tough little son of a gun. Is not little? Uh, I mean, he's got a what bloody nose two or three different times, getting shots in the face time after time after time. I'll tell you who the difference was. Well, free throws was a big was yeah. a big uh, uh, part of that game. And somebody tweeted us out yesterday, and I couldn't agree with them more. We're about six weeks away from Robbie Avila taking over the country in March. Because how can you not root for this kid, right? This is a big dude. He's listed at 6'10", 240. He's every bit of 240. Yep, He's 275. Yep. And the glasses and the, and, the, and the awful tattoos looks like he did it himself. Um, but, but you know what? He's got some game. He does. He's got some game to this kid. He's fun to watch, and the country's going to fall in love with him. I thought I, I thought Drake was going to win the basketball game. Then they kind of fell behind, and they just couldn't get back into it. And um, but a big spot. Joel Lenardi joins the broadcast. I don't know in the second half, and they're picking his brain on uh, Kevin Lehman, the color guy. By the way, I'm sure we'll talk to Kevin at some point this week, mm-hmm. if not this week, certainly next. Washer Systems of Iowa sponsors our Valley coverage, um, but it just seemed like I don't know if they ran out of gas or whatever it was. But Indiana State's good now. Back to Lenardi talking about: Is there any path for an at-large bid? Out of the Missouri Valley. Is there any way the Valley can get to? And I think Lenardi hit it on the head in one respect. That if Indiana State is not victorious in St. Louis, mm-hmm. I mean, where's their net right now? In the top 20? They are 23rd. 23rd. That's pretty good. Yes. 
Uh, that's that's an at-large... Solidly probably in. Right? Yeah. So if Drake wins in St. Louis, mm-hmm. or Bradley, but obviously we don't want to see Bradley win. We no. want Drake to win. Right. And if, if Indiana State shares the floor with them on Sunday or they get picked off in the semifinal, with that resume, and there's some talent on this team... I think Indiana State's got a chance to uh, to hear their name called. Now, as you said last week, maybe it's Tuesday in Dayton, maybe mm-hmm. it's Wednesday in Dayton, but it's still. I think you're that's part a likely scenario. I think it probably is yeah. too, but I'm not sure that. Um, I mean, well, obviously, we don't know who they're play, but that Larry kid, he's the nice player. Mm-hmm. Their guard, um, they got some parts. They're just. Such a weird team to watch, too. I mean, they didn't shoot the ball well. They were terrible. Yeah. I mean, both credit, teams were bad. Yes. Credit the Drake defense. We were, uh, as we were out, we were watching that next to Carolina Duke. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's just crazy watching them side by side. And we know that Indiana State or Drake could probably beat either of those teams in a one off. We've seen mm-hmm. those things happen yeah. before. But you're watching the games side by side. Yeah. And just a little. Where level were you of, at? Uh, we were at Saints out in Waukee. Okay. And the level of athleticism. Some of the like a guy like Avia, yeah, the clunkiness right. that is there. Yeah, you see Brody. Yeah, there's times he's a little bit clunky mm-hmm. there with the big butt, and then you see the big guys on mm-hmm. the other. You see a guy like Baycott, like well, that's that's yeah. the difference right, right there, and the guards getting downhill and those kind of things. So it was just fun kind of watching that side by side for Drake. That was a winnable game, yes, and that that's what's difficult to swallow about this one. They and didn't they're play down great. Seventeen in the game, right? Trent. Yeah. They're now twenty four seven in the snap of a finger. Mm-hmm. Like, well, this thing's over, right? Hey, Don't like that to me. Yeah, there's no coming back. No, nope. Tucker DeVries but helped off the floor. Mm-hmm. And See it him was going back into the locker room. It was Overton. You know, at times he yep. was able to control things. You mentioned Enright. He's still at, Wright's a guy though that consistency, and we talk about this a lot. Yeah. He's another one of those guys. Yep. He he can have moments, yep. but you always feel like they're just a a hair more that they can get out of him. And and if they can get that. Then yeah, they're in really good shape. I mean, going forward, they're still nine and three in the conference. the The race for the league is not over for the regular season crown. But do you have to be perfect the rest of the way? Yes. That means home games: Southern Illinois this week. Our remaining home games: Murray State, yeah, Belmont, yeah, and then Bradley, which will be a big one to end the mm-hmm. season. Your road tilts at Bradley Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yep. After that, Evansville. Should win that one at you and I. Definitely should win that one mm-hmm. the way we've seen these teams and UIC. So it's not an overly daunting schedule. You can get there. But Indiana State's schedule's cake down the stretch, isn't it? In comparison, yeah. Right? Indiana State the rest of the way. Uh, they're home this week for Valpo. Their remaining home games, Valpo, Illinois State, UIC, and Murray State. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll win all those games by double digits. On the road, at most State. Maybe. Yeah. At SIU. Mm. At Valpo and at Evansville, you couldn't draw up a better schedule than that. No, they, they, they've played the heart of their schedules you behind them. Got Bradley games out of the way. You got the Drake games out mm-hmm. of the way. Yeah, they're in really good shape. It's different in St. Louis. I used to try and stay at the Indiana State Hotel because I knew a nobody's following them, <laughs> right? And b they'd be gone Thursday. We used to do that with Evansville. Yeah, Did you? yep. Uh, all right, uh, Iowa State Baylor uh, seven o'clock tip. Um, it had to wait for the end of the uh, Indiana State Drake game. Look, I I feel for the first time in a long time, it's almost like I didn't watch the game. I couldn't <laughs> tell who was who. I hated the camera angle. I did see the Trey King missed a whole bunch of shots. He was awful. Yeah, he was. And this was this I mean, he was really good the game before. He was terrific against Kansas on that Saturday, but he was bad in the game. Gilbert Gilbert's on a roll, with the exception of the end of the game. Yeah. I mean that turnover. 
and, and he knows because this this should have been a real feel good for Gilbert getting sent for Texas tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing that you know what, um, as well as he played, and I think it was a it might, if it wasn't a career high, it was an Iowa State high um, as far as his, his time at uh, as a Cyclone. He was terrific in the game. He was really good. Their free throw shooting was really bad. 19 of 32. That's terrible. Six misses out of Robert Jones, 4 of 10 from the line. Mm-hmm. 5 of 8 from Gilbert. It's just, you're a guard that's going to handle a lot. You yep. need to be better than that. Yep. 2 of 4 from Lipsy. It, it's just kind of up and down the roster outside of Kurt Jones, who had it go in there. This Baylor team, it was weird, obviously, the game. There were so many different angles to it, from the ejection of Drew, 10 free throws that you can get out of that. Right. I mean, just the oddity of it. And they made them. Yes, and, right, and they made them. Right. Being down. The big Maybe come- they don't want their teammates around them or the other team. when They want to be by themselves when they're shooting their free throw. You're down 15, end of the first half, you get a bucket. Yeah, it was, it was Gilbert to hit yeah. a big, big bucket at the end of regulation. But you're still half. down double digits. Uh-huh. Then you get up, what was it, seven? Uh, six or seven. It was, yeah. When the 61 game was in the 54. 60s, yeah, yeah. 61 54 with at the under eight timeout. Yep. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, finish it off. And Baylor just kept coming. Mm-hmm. And Bridges was knocking down shots. Mm-hmm. Walter, I didn't think he played very well. I know yeah. that a lot of people like him in NBA circles. Yeah. Yeah. Not based on what we saw Saturday night. No, not at all. Dennis had six turnovers. Huh. That, that's the thing that sings. Because if you pull that game out, you're 6-2. and two. You're 6-2 and two in the league, and we're talking realistically – about a regular season crown. We're having they're yeah. alone in first yeah. in that scenario. Yep. Now you're half game back of Houston and Kansas. And you're looking at up at Baylor. And you're looking yeah. And Baylor's you, not as good as Iowa State. No. I don't I'm think they are. Nope. And, and Baylor's okay, but Iowa State's a better team. I I agree with you at this point. Mm-hmm. Now Scott Drew, he's been able to figure it out. Yeah. And I believe in him that he eventually will and get this team playing at a high and, level. By and March. then the whole clock Stuff at the end of the game. So again, we're out. So no volume. Right. And rewatched it, but I don't know. So it's just weird. Should have there been two point two, yeah. as opposed to or two, two. Or, or two, yeah. Because there was two when he took the free throw, but uh-huh. then they took the eight tenths of a second took off, eight off, yeah, to get it there. Well, if you put one point four on there as opposed to one point two, then now you're having a really, really discussion that this could go either way. Uh well, as you know, I want to do. I had to, of course, open up the app and see what the live 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 line was as they're point? setting up. As they're setting up the final play, as they're figuring out the clock. Yeah. And I put five bucks on it. Did you? Iowa State to hit the game winner was or was, win in overtime. How much was two. it paying you? Thirty to one. Was it really? And as that thing went oh, in, oh boy, you let out a scream like uh-huh. the bench did. Yeah. Mm, let's look at it again. Well, probably. as soon as you saw it the first time, you yeah. Knew, this is right. going to count. But boy, that yeah, that fifteen seconds of elation, it, yeah, <laughs> that was a fun one. I there. thought I thought it was in too, but it's just it's again, how how does this happen in a big time environment like this? It's how does the clock become such an issue? 
and, and how does it run at that? I, mm-hmm. Look, we've, we've seen clock mismanagement. Some retired guy over there. Yeah. You made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Sure. It, it happens often, and you're going to have that. But there was just one point for just being robbed of that. my demographic. Of that, mo- <laughs> of that moment, though, yeah. that's, that's what makes mm-hmm. a lot of these Iowa State teams, because they've been so successful, they kind of run together. Oh, was that that year? Was that the year they got bound? No, that was the year they made the Sweet Six. This would have been one of those regular season kind of highlights it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the team that went down to Baylor, mm-hmm. hit the game winner at the horn. Off the glass. I just loved it. Loved every aspect of it, except for the clock. And it was a great play call, but it was. was it a great play call with 1.2 on the clock? Yeah. Yeah. Fair Is point. The Bryce Drew play, right? The Valpo play yep. against Old Miss. Yep. Where you flip it there, yep. you toss it off to the wing, and you, you not, it was similar to that one, but there was more time on the clock there. Mm-hmm. I just, even if it goes perfectly and you get that touch pass, it's, it's so difficult to do in that little I time. I don't think. Time. I don't think there is enough time to make that happen. And there was a little extra clutch from Amchilovic. Yes, there was. Just that, and that was the difference right 1. there. 1.8, maybe yes, 1.6. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that that little time, though, makes such a huge difference no, it really in a does. play like that? It really does. All right, so we've got a keyword coming up. We'll get to that. We've got keywords uh, coming up uh, this hour, next hour as well. Hours uh, then later on this afternoon, Murph and Andy have a couple to drive with Heather and Sean. Likewise, they've got three. Scott Docterman's coming up in about five minutes. Look forward to catching up uh, with Doc. Let's get Jeff in here. Jeff's been very patient as we open up. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? Doing well. I just wanted to kind of give a little bit more context on the Iowa State game. Um, you know, they had all week to prepare for Baylor's 1-3-1 matched up into a 3-2. Um, they looked, I don't know, like they've never seen something before. I don't Certainly know in the first half, the yes, yes. Um, and if, well, and really, even in the second half, you know, they had problems getting it in the middle. They tried to go into a high-low action or they'd get the ball in the middle and they'd throw a fastball into a turnover. Um, a lot of side-to-side passes into the wing. That's not how you beat a zone. And I'm not going to explain how to beat a zone because I'm not TJ. Um, but it just looked like they just weren't prepared in, on that aspect. And then with their defense, this is another game. If, I mean, let's bring up Kansas. They gave up mid-70s at home to Kansas. Um, and here's this game. for the best three-point shooting teams in the league. Yeah. And they give up 12 threes, 15 yep. threes. I don't have the stats. No, 12. You're right. Um, they, 12, they, yep. they can't afford to do that. Yep. Um, okay. Thank you. Uh, you know, and then they shoot. You know, I think they went 36% from three, which is fine. And, you know, that, that'll help probably, you know, just keep them in games, which they were. You guys have talked about their free throw shooting. Um, but we got to get more out of Lipsy. You know, the, 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 the announcing crew was awful. They say Lipsy's on fire. He made one layup, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's done all this. But she scored, you know, at that point, uh, late in the game, had two points. That can't happen. You know, uh, yeah, Gilbert was doing his thing. But there's, there's zeros across the boards. And when you're on the road, here's the tricky part. They lose tomorrow night. That's two in a row. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking, oh, man, that home game on a Saturday at 1 o'clock is a big spot. That's a game where you're going to look back and, man, I wish you could have got that. And I understand it. This is the regular season. And, yeah, you can talk about conference championships. And they want to be trending come March. And we're a long ways from there. But if you're just Thank God. the same spot with everything that you know transpired, yeah, that, that was a winnable game. But moving forward, I think it's time. Do we need to start talking about Cyclone defense? I did not cut you off, Jeff. I think that you uh, you offed yourself on that one. Um, yeah, I mean it's fair. They, they've uh, what have they given up? They've given up seventy. They gave up seventy five in the win over Kansas. K State. They gave up sixty seven. 
Um, the, certainly the three-point. I mean, you, you had to know. That of course they knew going into it that Baylor lives and dies by the three, and they made 13 of them. Um, you like to see them cut down on that, obviously. Yeah. Make some free throws. Yeah, 12-23, uh, game before that. Kansas was 7-20 from downtown. They're still fifth in the country in defensive efficiency. Are they? Yeah. Where were they to start February? Do you know? Don't know, no. All right, we'll take a time out, but before we do that, let's uh, give you an opportunity. It's time for another $1,000 swoosh. Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter the nationwide keyword grand, grand at KXNO.com. Your chance to win a grand, it's grand at KXNO.com. Another opportunity coming up in about an hour. Scott Dockerman joins us coming up next. Alec Bussey on Iowa State kicks off hour number two. C.J. Moore covers college basketball from a national perspective. He's with us at 1230. Trent's plays of the day before we get out of here just before one. It's Miller and Condon. We're underway on a Monday Des Moines Sports Station. Keyword is pay keyword is pay i've given out you now have a a a head start on next hour's keyword but the keyword this hour is pay pay at kxno.com your chance to win one thousand dollars apologies to all of those who tried but we're told that that uh, keyword is incorrect it is pay at kxno.com pays to read scott doctorman in the athletic and as well as all of his colleagues uh, it's a terrific site for all of your sports news. And Scott Dockerman, who covers the Big Ten and the Iowa Hawkeyes, joins us. Hello. And the NFL Draft, which is going to be on your radar here before we know it. Hello, Scott Dockerman. How are you? I'm doing great, Ken. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be spending a, a entire week in uh, Indianapolis. So, uh, yeah, getting ready for that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a busy time of year. When do the Combine invites come out, Doc? Do you know? Are they out? I don't think I've seen them. Most most of them are out. Are they? Okay. Um, I know a lot of I know a lot of players have posted about it, but then the uh, the full list, I don't think it's till later this week or early next week that it actually comes out. Gotcha. Well, lots of ground to cover with you, Doc, uh, for the first time. Um, although uh, Kirk Ferentz is, I think he um, he's talked to Dolph about Tim Lester, but um, Tim Lester might have been a part of the broadcast on Friday or the uh, 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 sitting with Dolph as well, but the rest of the media and the Hawkeye fans will get to know their offensive coordinator tomorrow for the first time at about 1.30. Um, what, what do you want to hear, Doc? Uh, what, what's one thing that you would like uh, maybe not cleared up but maybe some clarity on i want to know a lot about how he plans to marry kind of his philosophy his rpo philosophy with how iowa operates or has operated its offense previously and um, how much he wants to install an rpo how much he thinks iowa can use it and then how is that going to work when iowa wants to run kind of under center um, because that's kind of the hallmark of what's going to happen here. I mean, how how much can Iowa be flexible and Kirk Ferentz be flexible and how much that would work uh, with that blocking philosophy? So that to me is, is going to tell us a lot about how this system and that season is going to operate on the running side of things. So I, I'm really fascinated by that development. Listening to Lester in that little, what, five, six minutes that he did with Dolph, um, one thing that jumped out to me, um, he said a lot of new on offense. That got me intrigued. Is it real? We will see. And the second thing is being, have, have, being able to adjust. And adjustments are something that 
were a struggle over the last seven years as the offensive coordinator that we saw before. Those two things, they're small little things, but in the grand scheme of things, I can think they can be a ton for this offense, getting back even to competency levels. Your takeaway from those two just many comments and trying to make, of course, a mountain out of a molehill probably. Sure. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to put this under a microscope yeah. and bake it for the next seven, eight months until, you know, <laughs> probably the third quarter of the Seahawks game to yep. figure out if it's going to work or not. Um, and I think that uh, with, with him, the, 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 some of the aspects that just clearly did not work previously was a counterpunch for Iowa. They had a night, they generally had a, had a nice script to start the game. And then in the second and third quarters, it was an absolute disaster. And so it, it wasn't so much, you know, and this happens with everybody. I mean, Iowa's defense gives up a lot usually on its first drive and then it kind of settles in. And, uh, but there was really no, nothing that came back off of, off of that. And so the adjustment part of it is going to be critical for, for Tim Lester. What is the defense doing, doing well? What are, what is Iowa doing and doing well? And how do they, uh, incorporate that? And then, you know, I think going forward, just to, uh, the different, the changes. I think the changes are within the RPO. I think it's also among the passing route tree and the routes we see because there was a lot of flood concepts. There was a lot of players in the same neighborhood and it never seemed to work because the, the, there was really no separation from the wide receivers and there was inaccuracy among the quarterbacks. So it just never really got off the, the pipe. So I think in this case, uh, what what I want to see is how can he – what kind of passing route tree do they have? If they have RPOs, they've got to have slants off RPOs. And Iowa didn't run a lot of slants, and they always seemed to work when they did, but I want to see that as the next step. Do you think he's had time to uh, kind of uh, uh, look at the personnel, look at his quarterback, and see how they're going to fit in what he wants to do? I guess where I'm going is he is Cade McNamara up to this kind of uh, offense, and uh, does Tim Lester feel comfortable at this point saying that, yeah, it seems like uh, that this is going to be a perfect fit? I think there's a partial amount of that, Ken. I'm sure that, you know, he's looked at the film and, you know, and, and seen what Cade McNamara can do and, and what Deacon Hill tried to do last year. I, I think with, with Cade, it's going to be, yeah, I think he could run an RPO. I mean, I don't think he's, you know, fleet of foot where he can run that much after it, but he's going to. I think when he's healthy, he can, um, you know, uh, so. I'm sure that he's looking at it saying, what can he do within this scheme and do it well? It, but a lot of it's going to wait until they're really on the field throwing, practicing, and uh, and then moving with it. So, um, you know, I, I, if I was to just labor a guess until tomorrow before maybe we get a chance, is, um, you know, he's probably going to give the, the current people, you know, Mark Elena's and mm-hmm. Deacon Hill an opportunity to run some of this during the spring and then after the spring and, you know, I'm sure Kate will be throwing some seven on seven or something like that. And then that he'll probably come back to Kirk and say, well, we, we're going to need another quarterback to, to work in here uh, behind Kate at first and maybe with, you know, or alongside Kate later on. That'd be my guess, but at this point, you know, and then wide receiver is just, uh, I don't know that he has any idea other than maybe Caleb Brown, who could do what. Kirk also was a part of the radio pregame festivities. He stopped by and talked to Dolph for a moment. I think a lot of people took his uh, conversation where Dolph asked the question, you know, how much flexibility is there going to be? He went on a tangent talking about basically complimentary football and, <laughs> and what a different direction. I know some people freaked out about it. What was your takeaway, if anything, from that, Doc? 
That's the way, Kirk spins everything in that direction, and he, he's getting. <laughs> I think as he gets older, he spins more harshly uh-huh. certain things to where you can't even quote him anymore. Um, I, I make the joke that you, you know, back in 2012, I'd ask about Micah Hyde, and he'd tell me about Jovan Johnson, and then in hmm. 2022, he would tell you'd ask about Matt Hankins or something, and he'd tell me about Micah Hyde and Jovan Johnson, and it's like. You know, live in the now, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, that he's not going to change or waver, and he's going to talk about complimentary football, and he never really gets into strategy or philosophy, and it kind of drives us all crazy. Brian was much better about that than he was, but I, I think you know he's not going to give us any kind of clues tomorrow, probably in the spring, uh, about some of those changes. Maybe off to the side if he has a side conversation, but. By and large, uh, whatever Kirk says, unless he comes out and says, we will not do X, I would just completely ignore it. It's really going to be about what we see as opposed to what we hear. Uh, Doc, speaking of completely ignores, we change gears here a little bit. I'm surprised um, that seemingly some of the old guard when it comes to women's basketball are it's seemingly reluctant to welcome a newcomer to the club. And I'm asking you to place Caitlin Clark where she belongs in the pantheon of the best female college basketball player ever. We don't know. I hate comparing eras. Yet the, the eras gone by seemingly are going out of their way, some, to minimize what, what we're seeing. Um, selling out buildings all over the Big Ten. All over the Big Ten lining up hours before the event to get in just so they can get the best general admission seats. Um, you can get you can get your facts wrong. I get it. I'm not saying it was done on purpose. I don't know, and I don't care about that part of it. What I do feel is that women's basketball has got a rocket ship. They're, they've caught a rocket ship right now. And, and why are some seemingly going out of their way uh, to knock the pilot of that ship um uh, off, I, I don't understand it. Women's basketball has never been, uh, at least in my opinion, um, uh, undergoing the popularity that it is right now. You're exactly right, Ken. I, there's an insane amount of jealousy and pettiness out of some of the old guard. And it's not all of them because, you know, Sue Bird has showed up in Iowa City. Right, good point. Showed yep. up at, at a practice. Uh, you know, Diana Tarazi has, has really embraced Caitlin Clark and her, uh, you know, and, and her splendor. Uh, but there are others, and Cheryl Swoops is one that I think stands out, as you were alluding to there. I mean, uh, to go on a podcast and uh, tell, you know, you could either say, A, they were lies, or B, they were ignorance. But either one looks good for somebody of her stature because she is one of the greatest that ever played the sport. Um, I, you know, I think there needs to be a mea culpa here. You know, now if you want to if you want to say she doesn't compare to take your pick out of all the great players of the past, and here's why, by all means, right? You know, that, that's why we're having this discussion. But but to say, oh, you know, these these records are illegitimate for reasons that are not true is is an embarrassment. Frankly, I mean, when she was trying to say, well, she's going to win the scoring record and she's not even and she's got these extra years of this COVID year and couldn't remember how many years she was playing. I mean, you know, the, the facts are and I, I looked it up, you know, Kelsey Plum played 139 games over four years and scored thirty five hundred and twenty seven points. Caitlin Clark has one hundred twenty three career games over four years, not five or six like like Cheryl Swoops is trying to say. For 34-64, she's 63 points behind for the all-time record, and she's going to break it 
in the next two to three games. That that's legitimate. There's no no argument to that. So I don't know why there's this emphasis on certain coaches complaining about uh, taking 40 shots a game or whatever. Now, um, you know, Caitlin has, has done a remarkable job of driving interest in this game like nobody has ever seen before. You don't, you, when you go to, uh, when you see these uh, players at different arenas, like like in Chicago last week, and I, you know, watching the local news reports were just out of this world seeing young girls just taking in this like they were watching the Taylor Swift concert. And then, you know, going to Maryland, a place that, that's rich in tradition, and it's only the fourth sellout at the Xfinity Center. I mean, she is transforming the game. And she's also played a villain role, and that's understandable, mm-hmm. too, yep. from opposing fan bases. But the facts, you cannot change the facts. And if you start to do that, then you legitimize every kind of conversation you have. So that's what I would like to see is, um, you know, you can respect her for what she's done, acknowledge the facts of what she's done, and then if you want to turn her into the villain, by all means. You know, because that just elevates the sport further. Doc, one of the most incredible things, we talked about this last week. You go through the game log. When's the last clunker she had? <laughs> now, MJ would have an 8-28 night from the floor. She doesn't have those. Even when the shot isn't falling, she finds different ways to get involved, to help the teammates out, and still able to score at a high level. This is incredible. We have never seen an elite player go at this, and it's almost because it's a foregone conclusion that she's going to be good. We almost forget about the greatness that we're seeing. Yeah, the only one I can remember is the one I, I actually was there was the Kansas State game when they lost in, yeah. in November. Yep. She had a terrible game, but her teammates had an equally terrible game. And this is where um, Iowa has improved the most since that game to now, which is it seemed like after that game, it's like, hey, we can't just rely on Caitlin to do everything. I mean, she is going to do a lion's share of it, but then. Kate Martin and Gabby Marshall and and Hannah Stolke, who I don't think played in that game. You know, all, all these players, they have to really step forward and allow her to, to play her game, but then also, you know, reinforce it. And, I, and you're right, Trent. I mean, she just doesn't go out there and lay an egg. She doesn't have a 19-point game. You know, she hasn't scored less than, what, 24 in any Big Ten game this year. And, uh, and it's really impressive. So, uh, and going to the popularity – I mean, these games are in prime time on Fox with their lead basketball announcer. That's never happened before. I mean, it's it's usually they just kind of okay, we'll check the box, we'll do a game, and it'll be at like one o'clock or three o'clock on a on a Saturday. No, they want them in prime time, and I'll be really fascinating to see what the ratings were for this game because I, I imagine that they're pretty high. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, great stuff. Know you're on vacation. Appreciate you giving us here some time uh, this morning. So will you put your vacation on the back burner and head over to the press conference tomorrow? Yeah, I postponed it by a day. I've been doing this for like three to four weeks. It's like <laughs> as soon as I kept saying, as soon as I you know, they name the, the uh, OC, I'm going to take a week off. <laughs> and I was getting really frustrated throughout January because I'm like, this is perfect time to take some time off. But but uh, and then of course the pressers on a Tuesday. But uh, yeah, I'll take a day off next week to hopefully make up for it. And after the Super Bowl, and and away we'll go. And then you will be going right to Indianapolis within a couple of weeks. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. Appreciate it as always, Doc. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman, as we check in on the Hawks and the Big Ten press conference tomorrow, Tim Lester at uh, 1.30. Uh, it, it struck me uh, that there, 
that the old guard just doesn't want no. to welcome her to the club. No. I don't get it. And the people that built the sport up to have an ability to have something like this happen. Right. It's one thing to tear down or not like her style or not like her personality, sure. which can be abrasive. I get that. Yeah. But it's just lie. Yeah. Come on, Cheryl Swoops. Right. Don't lie. And yeah. if you don't know the information, don't say it. Mm-hmm. It's just dead wrong. Don't let the facts get in the way of your good story. <laughs> so last year in the championship, what, a 9.7 rating for that game. That's what the championship The championship, yeah. yeah. Just shy of uh, a 10 rating. LSU-Iowa, yep. Last year's national championship on the men's side got a 14.69. Mm-hmm. San Diego State. Yeah. Yeah, against UConn. Right. And it wasn't a great game. Yeah, not to shine. <laughs> Is there any path? And it probably would have to be... A similar matchup to it, what we saw last year. With I think it would have to be LSU-Iowa. I think even South Carolina-Iowa. Because Iowa, you want Angel Reese. Yes. Yeah. Because of the finger pointing, yeah. everything that... I think that's the matchup. If you would get that national championship. Say what you want. Kim Mulkey brings eyeballs. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a lot of hatred. Yep. Hatred, a lot of vitriol. Is there any path? A national championship that... Uh, Sunday it, afternoon compared to Monday night. Mm-hmm. It was 14.6 versus 9.7. I don't know. I don't I think know. last year was TNT, and I'm not sure if this year is back on CBS or not. That would probably also have something to do with it, right? Yeah. Turner versus sure, sure. over the doubt. air. Yeah, without a doubt. Probably not, mm-hmm. but that we're even having this conversation. That a women's national championship got nearly a 10 share. Unthinkable. Mm-hmm. It is. It truly is. And here we are. Uh, and and uh, like Doc mentioned, uh, I can't wait to see um, with the ratings yes. that come out for Saturday night. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, finish up hour number one. Hour number two, Alec Bussey covers Iowa State. He'll start things off. C.J. Moore, uh, who writes uh, on college basketball for The Athletic, he will join us at 1230. We have another keyword, Trent's Plays of the Day. Big Monday is Kansas at K-State tonight. Mm-hmm. There's a, an ACC game. Virginia-Miami. Virginia, is it Virginia-Miami? Miami, uh, that's the in the early slot, but it's not the best games, not the best slate of games, right? As far as Power Five conferences, I think there's only a couple. Yeah, but, but t- there's other things. Are is there? Oh yes. Well, oh, I know yeah. one other thing that's finally back after a five day absence. Hockey. I'm gonna drop the puck, baby. <laughs> uh, hour or two is uh, coming up, but we'll come back and finish off the first hour. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 106. Got your back. Are you surprised the uh, Super Bowl line sits at two? What do you think? Is it is that the last? I mean, I'm sure it'll move a half a point. It's right. not going to get to three. No, I, I don't know if it's going to get down to. I mean, we might. It might stay in the twos. I, I think you're right. There'll be a little movement. I see what the Super Bowl's up to two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. So that's the one movement. Maybe it's trending that direction. I did it's not see there. any one and a halfs all weekend, Trent. Did no, you? No. No. Uh, Circa has been at two. In fact. They have been at two since January 30th. Yeah. They have not moved off that number since then. Yet 78% of the money and 72% of the bets are on Kansas City. Interesting, right? It is. It is. Who are you picking? Have you decided yet? No, not even close. Are you really haven't? No. No, no, no. All right. Well, we'll make our picks on Friday. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports is going to be here on Thursday in his normal time spot at 11.50. Last time we'll talk to Lee until, well, last time we'll watch football. Next time we'll watch football. Unbelievable. Hour two coming up next. Alec Bussey starts things off. It's Miller and Condon. We're with you until one. Murph and Andy take over at that point. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.